Good morning. This is Talking Animals. My guest today will be Tom Kenny, one of the very top voiceover actors in animation, giving voice to such talking animals as SpongeBob SquarePants and Rabbit and Winnie the Pooh and so many others. We'll speak with him in a few moments. Also, as the prize for Name That Animal Tune, we'll give away a pair of tickets to see The Whalers, April 25th at Janice Live. Today's guest, Sean Kenny, is a man of many talents and interests, including being a Roots Rock aficionado who handpicked today's animal song, starting with Roddy Jackson and Moose on the Loose here on Talking Animals. Someone shouted, save your skin The whole darn zoo is a company There's a moose on the loose There's a bear on the chair There's a moose on the bone There's a deer in the beer If you think I was scared, do not me I climbed a tree He climbed a tree well, everyone began to run Someone yelled, go get a gun An elephant broke right through the wall And soon the rope began to fall And then I heard a lion roar And someone screaming at the door There's a moose on the loose Yes, and there's a bear on the chair Well, there's a moose on the bone There's a deer in the beer If you think I was scared, no, not me Climb the tree. He climbed a tree. Some guy was a hanging from a chandelier, and man was he shook up with fear. A car drove up filled with police, and soon that we disturbed the peace. And then the judge asked, "What do you say?" I said, "Your honor, it's this way. There's a moose on the loose. Yes, and there's a bear on the chair." He does a muck on the phone. <laughs> Your Honor, there's a deer in the beer. If you think I was scared, no, not me. I climbed the tree. He climbed a tree. All right. That was Roddy Jackson with a moose on the loose. Selected by our guest today, Tom Kenny who's not only clearly a Roots Rock expert, but also an actor, musician, comedian, and they're clearly one of the very, very top voiceover actors in the business, giving voice to such talking animals as SpongeBob, Gary the Snail, Dog and Cat Dog, and so many others. So, with a reminder that we invite you to join the conversation by calling 813-239-9663 or emailing us at dj at wmnf.org. Let's welcome Tom Kenny to Talking Animals. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Duck, and thanks for playing that. I, I, don't, I, I guess that counts as uh, simultaneously a roots rock and really stupid rock and roll at the same time. Well, and a third thing then, because it's an animal tune, of course, as well. So I think it's a, you've hit some sort of trifecta already. Yeah, you know, the, the, there's a whole like a weird uh, subgenre of, uh, of, of roots music that's just songs about animals of of all kinds you know i, I could uh, you know I, I could make an hour-long uh, you know series of dvds if i remember those yeah i do plastic disc that you would put it in something yeah yeah the back in the day <laughs> i do no remember yeah of, of animal tunes well no and we're gonna play some, at least some that you suggested and then uh, even send in more that uh that in true showbiz tradition, I'll, I'll probably try take credit for, you know, in subsequent shows, saying that these are my Sorry, ideas. my gift to you. It's my gift to you, Mr. Strauss. Well, thank you very kindly. So, so Tom, when I, when I first knew you in the comedy circles back in the day, you were, you know, a really good stand-up comedian, sort of playing your trade in clubs and seeking other opportunities that comics do to stitch together, you know, a career or at least that month's rent. And this often includes voice work of one kind or another, which for many comics is a you know cool gig and maybe represents a week or two that they don't need to go on the road. But um, for you, I gather it felt a lot different. You know, was that from the get go? Yeah, that was my goal from the get go. But like as as you you correctly sum up, you know, being a being a stand up and you know doing that in clubs, being a, a road warrior as the as the term goes, was. Um, just kind of a way to not work a conventional day job and have to wear a tie and be in a cubicle sure. or, or, 
or, sure. or, or unload trucks or something, uh, which, uh, you know, in my completely unskilled, uh, untutored uh, self would probably be doing. But, uh, you know, ever since I was a kid, you know, voice work and, you know, Stan Freeberg and Mel Blanc loomed, you know, larger for me than Johnny Carson and, uh, and stand-up comedians in terms of influence, as did animators like, uh, you know, like Tex Avery and Chuck Jones and people like that. Like, they were probably, in retrospect, a bigger part of my comedy sensibility than than most stand-ups were yeah well you know that's that's uh, among the many reasons i wanted to um to to speak to you today because uh, among the many many hats that you wear and things that you do um you are the uh, announcer on the dana gould hour um you know every comedian <laughs> the, the, these days has a podcast but um to me dana's is is just like kind of in its own class just so uh you know like a rich ambitious production and and uh but but so beyond your announcing duties, uh, there was an episode of, you know, I think earlier in the year um, where you were, you know, participating more directly in a conversation or a discussion. And, and you sort of explained how you never felt kind of the, the, the buzz from doing stand-up that other top comics like Dana and others, you know, have described. Yet you did experience that buzz uh, from doing voice work. So it was always kind of a different emphasis, I guess, and, and sort of just lure for you. Yeah, I think it was more a case of, you know, with stand-up, I did feel the buzz. And, you know, as the hoary old cliche goes, I mean, when you, you know, when you're doing stand-up and everything is clicking and the audience is laughing and you feel creative and your material's, uh, you know, going over great. And then you're going off of your material and you're ad-libbing and, and, and riffing and that's going over great. I mean, it's really heady and seductive. Sure. And, and you know, there there really is nothing like it and and i really love that aspect and you know i i had the fortune or or misfortune to do well as a stand-up my first a bunch of times that i did it you know i yeah. I, I didn't bomb you know i didn't bomb horribly or go down in flames until my fifth or sixth time <laughs> right, right yeah that so, came so later the hook, yeah the hook was already in my mouth <laughs> sure yeah too late to turn so, back now yeah yeah it's too late to, wow i you know and, and it really is uh that thing where you, you you keep wanting to catch that perfect wave again and um, as you know, because uh, you were around then, I mean, yeah. there, there was that big comedy club boom happening in the 80s. Sure. That was really a great time to be in Boston or New York or San Francisco or, or I guess, L.A. Yeah. I didn't come down to L.A. too much later. But, uh, you know, it was a great time to be to, to be doing that. And, you know, I always tell people, like, you know, younger comedians that are just starting now, I, I guess I guess the structure to get paid isn't there as much anymore. <laughs> Club owners figured out that these uh, stand-ups uh, will do it anyway, despite uh, not not having to be not being paid. So, but you know, you could make money as a stand-up comedian back then. And I yeah. tell them, you know, really, there was so much work and so many clubs and so many other venues that were doing a comedy night on Wednesdays or whatever sure. that basically all you had to do was not be terrible. Right. And, and even that it? even that didn't seem to work against some people. <laughs> yeah, there was, there was there was a certain amount of, of terrible uh, terrible comedy. Sure. But I felt it but but I was you know, it's kinda like the army where you go, Wow, I I'm actually making a living at this while I'm learning my trade. Right. And, uh, which it was great. But but like like uh, like I said on Dana's podcast, it did reach a point where I started to feel guilty that I didn't love the art and the craft of stand up and crave it as much as the people I saw who worked really hard at it and yeah. still do. Like, you know, there, there's so many guys, uh, you know, whether it's Jay Leno or Dana or Steve Wright or Robin Williams, you know, pe- people that I know that yeah. that their palms get itchy if they don't go out and do stand-up. For like, sure. Every so often. And, and I just was lacking that gene. And when I first started to do a little bit of voiceover and then, you know, more voiceover, I did get that feeling, and I was yeah. like, "Wow, okay." It's kind of like you know, you're you're engaged to a girl that's you know she's kind of okay, and you get along and stuff, and you you know things will probably be all right. But then you meet that person that uh, you know you, you make a love connection, right? <laughs> you go, right. Wow, this is this is what this is what people are talking. Right about. now, I get it. Yeah, I've got to I've got to break up with that girl. You know, at the <laughs> altar, like the graduate. You know, <laughs> Elaine. 
So so okay. Once once you said okay, this this is this is where my buzz kind of really resides. I mean, how how long after that did did the uh, did the SpongeBob opportunity come along? I mean, obviously that's a pivotal development in in your career. I think by any uh, yeah, I, measure. I did a, I did a, a, an early Nicktoon in the early nineties called Rocco's Modern Life, in which right. I played an animal, right? A, a yellow a yellow steer named Heifer, yeah, who was raised by a family of wolves. And and I loved it, and I was you know working with with you know these uh, super amazing voiceover people that could do eight hundred voices and accents and be off the cuff, and you know I, I saw that wow here's a way that you could use that stand up skill set of being able to to ad lib and learn a bunch of material quickly and you know things like that yeah do voices and 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 you know maybe be able to parlay that into into something where you don't have to you know, be doing the third show in a biker bar on a, on a Friday night. Right. So, right. So, uh, so, uh, you know, I, that, that was my first, uh, series. And he was kind of based on, on my, my nephew at the time who sort of had this, this weird voice and he would sort of nervously chuckle a lot, you know? And so, uh, I was, I was just in hog heaven to use another animal term. Right. Or heifer heaven that at that point. Ended. Yeah. Yeah. That series did its 52 episodes and ended and I didn't, I, much as I auditioned for everything, I just couldn't book another voiceover. And so I was kind of thinking to myself, you know, so much for the voiceover career. That was a fun little busman's holiday. It would have been great. Oh, well, back to the, back to the standup, I guess, you know, or writing oh, wow. or whatever. Yeah. And, and then, um, you know, things started to come in, you know, like yeah. I started to, 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 my batting average started to improve luckily but it was a long dry spell yeah and a guy that had worked on Rocco's Modern Life as the creative director it was his first job in the animation industry this guy Steve Hillenberg um he and I had clicked on Rocco and he contacted me after I hadn't seen him for a while and said that he had this idea for a show that you know was percolating in his in his head and you know he was thinking of maybe pitching it around town to Nickelodeon uh, first and would I come over and, and look at some of the stuff and see what I thought? And, and it was SpongeBob, you know, in yeah. the desk drawer of his, um, you know, very tiny rented house. He he took out this, these drawings, you know, of, of these characters and, you know, um, nice little watercolor uh, paintings of, uh, you know, SpongeBob's pineapple and, you know, the, the Krusty Krab lobster trap-shaped uh, <laughs> restaurant. And, sure. you know, I, I just thought it was so whimsical and, and fun and, you know, stupid and funny and smart. And, and different, yeah. And different, you yeah. know. It was, it was, it was you know, it, it was smart and stupid at the same time, much mm-hmm. like Moose on the Loose by Roddy Jackson. <laughs> right. And uh, so that, that became the seven-minute pilot in 1997 <laughs> that um, made... SpongeBob get the green light from Nickelodeon in 1999. Wow! And yeah, and you know SpongeBob still uh, continues. I'm doing it today. You know, sure. doing an episode today. So, so here we are. In, here we are in 2013. You know, still, uh, you know, still talking like this and going. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's it's nuts. And and speaking of that, uh, Tom, uh, given that many years, I mean, are there aspects of, of voicing SpongeBob that? That have changed. I mean, obviously, the sound of the voice needs to to remain the same. But are there things that you do, you know, like you'll do today that that you know you weren't doing in in uh, you know ninety nine or um, you know about you know, just delivering his his uh, character? You know, it's really just just looking at that storyboard on the paper, yeah, and, and figuring out where the jokes are, and and you know, um, you know, doing what's there, and hopefully plussing it with uh, your own. Uh, special sauce sure and uh and just making it as as good and as funny as you're able to it's 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 kind of crap you know like like very workmanlike in a way like right you know it's still a lot of fun i guess it's like any job you know like it's it's you know it has its fun aspects but it is definitely a job and you know sure spongebob's a little different case because it's been going on for for so many years in some ways it's like a comfortable old shoe everybody knows their characters you know right. everybody's always in the room at the same time you know recording collectively you know old time radio style yeah which really adds to the fun and convivial energy I think. sure yeah and you know but then you know besides spongebob i'm on a whole bunch of other shows and auditioning for stuff all the time so 
you know, there's always kind of kind of research going on and kind of trying to figure out all these other Rubik's cubes so that because you know, even though SpongeBob is a very popular show, in in other respects, I'm still very much a journeyman, you know, a, a plugger, <laughs> you know, but a, a voiceover guy who's looking who's, looking around yeah, for who's yeah. going, I, I want to be, you know, they're 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 listening to 25 guys. I want to be the guy that they pick, you know. Right. What can I what can I give them that will make them that that will make it be me instead of not me well so let's talk a little bit more about that time because i think that's really interesting and especially if we might frame it like you know how how you would approach creating the voice you 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 get a script that you're of a show you're already on it's one thing but you get sides for something you're auditioning for and let's let's say for the purposes for our purposes on talking animals that it's the voice of an animal i mean how much does um I mean, is it all about the, the what's on the page and the storyboard? Or how much does the behavior or traits of whatever animal that you are, be, you know, trying to give the voice to figure in? I mean, uh, well, a lot of that is in the writing. Yeah, you know, I mean, a, 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 you know, a, depending on, and you know, sometimes obviously these animals are just uh, uh, anthropomorphized uh, people. Sure. Yeah, you know, where the, where the, what the kind of animal they are doesn't really have. Right, it's incidental almost. Yeah, it's it's incidental almost. But, yeah, um, you know, you do you do take everything into account. You're kind of collating all the data you can when you when you go in and audition on this stuff. You're looking at a picture of the character. You're reading a description of it. You're, you know, always trying to figure out a voice that is hopefully going to be different and not in a bad way from, from all the other ones that they're listening to. You're trying to make choices that seem fresh and interesting to them without sounding wrong. Right. Yeah. No, it <laughs> sounds, no, but it sounds like a real, uh, you know, sort of tightrope act because like you say, you want to be the guy that they end up picking. So you probably want to do something kind of, you know, inventive and adventurous, but not, not, I guess so far off that it's like, uh, okay, thanks Tom. Yeah, and also not like anything you're doing on any other show. So there's yeah. no wait, that's just a recycled voice from that PBS Kids series he did two years ago. Right. Well, so so so, so that yeah, so that, that that raises I guess another thing, which may or may not be sort of a, a dopey question, but but given that at any given time you're 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 doing multiple voices on multiple shows, um, not to mention the things we're talking about auditioning for for new ones even. But what are the challenges of of, of sort of locking into a certain voice from a certain show? Given the fast pace that those shows often record, and, and I imagine there are days when you're recording maybe you know more than one show and therefore several characters. I mean, does it does it get a bit nutty, or do you have sort of techniques or tricks to sort of um, you know keep that straight? And just when you need to go you know into you know Gary or whoever, it's like okay, boom, I've done this forever. But maybe there's a newer show that you haven't locked in as as clearly. Or Sure. I mean, the, the, you know, the, there are there are certain days where it, where it can get dizzy. I mean, if you're doing, you know, I'm probably on, you know, at any given time, I'm probably a regular on half a dozen animated series at a time. Yeah. And then, you know, doing kind of one-off or semi-recurring or recurring or whatever on, on you know, a, a bunch of other series, you know, plus you're doing, you know, side effects may include diarrhea, you know, kind of straight uh, <laughs> announcer kind of stuff. Sure. So, so you know, if it's a day where they've jammed a lot of stuff into your your schedule, you you, you sometimes, you know, you're sitting there in traffic uh, on the 405, breathing uh, breathing fumes. <laughs> you're just, right. You go, what what am I going to do again? But generally, when you get in the room, it's easy to lock in to the character. And like I said, you know, about SpongeBob, you know, the the shows that are really the most fun for me are the ones where uh, the actors are all there, and you're just kind of you know, you're, it's almost like doing sketch comedy. You know? Sure, it's, it's kind of it's kind of like 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 doing sketch comedy where you, where you have um, you've got your character and they got their characters and you're just uh, you're just kind of in the in the zone and right. you kind of forget. You, you know, I mean, it sounds super corny, but you kind of forget that you are you, and it, and it right. really is the you know that you know that that cliche that people always say that you know. Acting is just learning to play, you know. Right. It, 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 like when you were a child, it, it really is that. You, right. know? You, go, you go, wow, this this really is. I am making a living doing this. You know, the the only reason I have a house is like all the dumb stuff. <laughs> right. Because I'm talking like all these different characters and animals and uh, whatever, and it's working out pretty exactly. good. Exactly. So. It's, 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 you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's really fun, you know. Yeah. You, you, 
you, you drive the Cartoon Network and you do the Ice King for a while. And, <laughs> you know, the Ice King has an army of penguins who are, I guess, kind of like his Gary. And, you know, the, the only word at the, at, that's ever in the script for them is W-E-N-K, wank. Mm-hmm. You know, wank, <laughs> wank, you know. And, and sometimes there's two wanks and sometimes there's five wanks. And, uh, and, <laughs> and that's... Tom, you missed a, Tom, you missed a wank. Uh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then you get in your car and you... And you um, you know, drive to Disney and do something else, and it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a blast. Sure. Well, let me let folks know this is Talking Animals. If you just tuned in, my guest is Tom Kenny, who uh, gives voice to such Talking Animals as SpongeBob SquarePants and Gary the Snail on that show and a multitude of other animals over the years. And uh, so uh, if you'd like to ask uh, Tom a question or offer a comment, please call 813-239-9663 or email dj at WMNF. Dot org. So we do have already a couple little uh, emailer-type uh, questions um, and comments. Let's uh, Thousands, right? Well, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's rapidly approaching thousands, yes. So, um, <laughs> so this one says, My son and I watch SpongeBob all the time. What we love most besides the comedy is how kind SpongeBob is. Thank you for voicing such a sweet friend. So that's nice. Oh, that's great. You yeah. know, and I was just talking to, to somebody about this uh, yesterday that was... Uh, Actually, it was the producer of the SpongeBob movie that's being released in 2014. Plug, plug, plug. Yeah, no, we're but, getting uh, into that in a sec. You can bet your sweet bippy. Yeah. So. <laughs> but but that you know he was asking about the character of SpongeBob and voicing him all these years, and I said you know I think that's the key to SpongeBob is that he's so positive and so high energy and so unwilling to see the bad in people. You know, he always gives everyone the benefit of the doubt. That it seems kind of like he's like he's addled, you know, it's, it's yeah. almost like a mental illness in the <laughs> eyes of, of the people around him. But, you know, it's it's, 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 it's not the worst way to approach life. Uh, right. Sure. Well, he's kind and, of a uh, Pollyanna in, in the best way possible, right? I mean, he is exactly, positive and upbeat exactly. and sees the best. And, and uh, yeah. His imaginative, gung-ho approach to life, um, you know, really grates on the other characters. You know, Squidward, <laughs> his cranky neighbor, who's sure. Squid. Uh, in particular, and uh, you know, and, I, and I've always, you know, in my in my uh, you know armchair psychologist, <laughs> cartoon psychologist way, I, sure. you know, I always rationalize Squidward's behavior as that he's really jealous of that, like he's lost that aspect of himself or never had it, and that's why it drives him so crazy. Sure, yeah, he would like nothing better than to feel that. Yeah, you're the cool, and, uh, sweet uh, guy that I, I used to be. For that, uh, I thank her for pointing that out because you know sometimes I. I you know, when you've done, you know, whatever, hundreds of, of episodes of something and there's always new writers coming in, you know, sometimes uh, sometimes uh, they need to be reminded of that aspect and go, oh, you know, he, they, that's a little mean for SpongeBob, you know? Right. You know, I don't, I don't want to seem like a nut who's, you know, right. over... SpongeBob wouldn't say that. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you go, this is... <laughs> <laughs> this seems a little mean. I wonder if that that line shouldn't go. You know, he, uh, SpongeBob doesn't think Patrick is dumb. SpongeBob thinks Patrick's, uh, you know, pretty right. darn intelligent. Everybody else thinks Patrick is dumb. Right. I'll be in my trailer till you fix this up. But uh, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get your stuff together and then call me. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, let's take another. Uh, there's a call here that uh, somebody wants to talk to. You. Hi, you're on Talking Animals with Tom Kenny. Hello. Hi. You have a question or comment for Tom? Uh, yeah, I want to ask about Wander Over Yonder or Bee and Puppy Cat. Oh, uh, Wander Over Yonder or what? Bee and Puppy Cat, Natasha Allegri's project. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Puppy Cat. Yeah, I was thinking Cat Dog. I thought I thought it was Cat Dog the early years. Uh, right, yeah, the, young, the younger ages. The younger years, yes, exactly. Yes, uh, there, there's, a, there's an upcoming uh, Disney series called Wander Over Yonder that um, was created by Craig McCracken, who really talented guy who I met on a uh, show called Dexter. Dexter's Laboratory back when he was working on it, and then created uh, the Powerpuff Girls, which you may remember about the three little super cute girls who who kick all kinds of butt, uh, on which I was the narrator. So once again, the day is saved. And I was also the mayor of Townsville. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he's got a show at Disney now, Craig does. Um, he also created uh, Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends, which is a really um, smart, Funny, bizarre Cartoon Network series where I played a big, uh, uh, Spanglish-speaking monster named uh, Eduardo. You are big. You are really big. 
And uh, this Wander Over Yonder is really a cool, fun show. And, and I guess like SpongeBob features, you know, features a protagonist who's uh, just happy Go lucky innocence uh, protects him from all harm as he uh, flies through the universe, uh, driving less imaginative people insane. And uh, Adventure Time, Puppy Cat, uh, is a web series by by Natasha Allegre who works on Adventure Time. She's a like a alternative comics artist who has uh, also uh, you know works in animation. She's unbelievably talented and and uh, incredible. And uh, I think you're going to be hearing. Uh, Lots and lots uh, from her in future. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for your call. Uh, thank you. They're both really talented. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's you know one of the great you know pleasures of doing this job is you know just constantly working with these highly creative people who aren't really show busy. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them have kind of yeah found their way in to the entertainment business almost by default. You know, but you know basically a lot of them are people that just spent their formative years up in their rooms drawing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. So they're, you know, they're kind of different than comedians or people you meet on a. Right. Different personalities. That, yeah. Yeah. Their career goals are different. So, you know, I, I always uh, have felt a great uh, kinship with, with those people. And, you know, there's they're just, uh, you know, Pendleton Ward, the guy that created Adventure Time Steve Hillenberg, like Steve is Steve Hillenberg is a great example. Like, there's a guy who, you know, ocean science and and uh, oceanography and all that was his going to be his career path, and then he kind of stumbled into abstract animation and went to Cal Arts for that. And, and SpongeBob is basically him combining those two. Sure, it's it's animated oceanography now. Yeah, right. Which yeah. is why uh, you know the narrator of the show. Uh, 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 he'll SpongeBob in his pineapple in bikini bottom. It's uh, you know, it's Jacques Cousteau, clearly. You know, For sure, uh, it's, it's clearly our our tribute to uh, to Jacques Cousteau. Yeah, and uh, you know, although, although you know, in terms of you know, our sponge being a square kitchen sponge and our jellyfish emitting a buzzing noise and you know, no, nobody's going to mistake uh, nobody's going to mistake SpongeBob for an episode of uh, Planet Earth on BBC, but. Right. <laughs> it's so fun, though. Again, thank you for uh, thank you for your call, caller. Oh, yeah, thanks. All right. So, so Tom, this might bring me to one of our other email questions. It says, um, "I love SpongeBob, and I, f- I found it to be ex- exceedingly clever and funny for adults, even before I had a child." I was wondering if the cast has to do a lot of takes because they're cracking up all the time. Is there any improvisation that ends up in the final versions? Thanks. Uh, great question, and uh, yeah, the the answer to all of those is yes. Not a whole ton of takes generally. You know, we generally yeah. do, you know, do it a scene at a time. You know, three passes. You know, we have a script in front of us. Mm-hmm. We've read, uh, you know, the, the the day or two before they you they get a storyboard to you. This massive, you know, three hundred fifty page uh, thing of panel drawings with the dialogue underneath, but. Uh, you know, uh, almost like a comic book uh, yeah. version, and you know, so some of the art is uh, is pretty uh, basic because you know it's it's in, in a real early stage, almost stick figures at sometimes. But yeah, you you kind of read that the night before, or the, and so you know where you know what's happening, you know where everybody is, you know where the comedy is. You've maybe been thinking about some stuff you want to slip in there or add in there or tag stuff with, and so we usually do three you know three takes of. Every scene. Okay. You know, you do one. Regardless of how they go. Yeah, you do one. You do, uh, you know, you do one or two as written, and then you got your, uh, I can't say what we call it, but the S, S and giggles. Uh, okay. Take. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> where, where you just, uh, you know, you throw everything at the wall and, and see how it flies. And then, you know, you might go back and revisit stuff if it's particularly uh, nettle, nettlesome. I see. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much three takes of, of every scene is it, but there is, you know, often um, a lot of uh, laughing, and, and this goes for a lot of the shows I'm on. There, you know, once you get to the recording part, yeah, you know, that's where the fun is. Sure, and there is a lot of laughter. You know, voiceover actors are very generally, uh, you know, pretty pretty fun, hysterical people to to be around. Yeah, and every everybody's, you know, like I said, amazed that uh, you know you, 
they're talking to a microphone and somebody gives them money. Right. And, uh, good good gig. We're yeah. very, very thankful, thankful uh, uh, to have stumbled into that particular scam. For sure. And, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. And, and the ad-libbing, uh, a lot of that does make it into the show, particularly on SpongeBob. But, um, you know, um, everything, like, uh, you know, Rocco's Modern Life had a lot of ad-libbing, Powerpuff Girls. Uh, yeah. Craig McCracken was very open to the cast uh Ad living, you know, um, Adventure Time is the, uh, you know, with the, with the Ice King is uh, is very uh, uh, generous with uh, with letting us uh, fart around within within character, you know, as long as you're doing it in character and it's appropriate. I mean, obviously, if you're doing stuff that they can't use, it's a waste of their time. <laughs> so, right. But as long as it's in character and it gets a laugh and it, you know, they they're very um, nicely open to considering that. And then, but it really varies from show to show. Some, some, you know, some of the more script-driven shows where, you know, it's it's like the fifteenth uh, revision of the script you see on the title page. You know, fifteenth rewrite. You know, wow. You know, they probably they probably don't want right. <laughs> thing at yeah. Point, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be, read uh, read them as we got them here. Yeah. I'm just gonna be a just a, a foot soldier. It just just a re- read it as it comes. Exactly. For sure. Again, this is Talking Animals. Uh, I'm Duncan Stress. My guest is Tom Kenny, who uh, gives voice to such talking animals as SpongeBob SquarePants, Gary the Snail, Rabbit, Winnie the Pooh, and uh, a long, long, long list of others. So we're uh, probably in our final moments, but we invite you to join the conversation by calling 813-239-9663 or emailing dj at wmnf.org. So, Tom, I mean, how do your own kids feel about what you do? I mean, are they starting to be sort of a little too old to, to, to care or be as excited maybe as they were when they were younger, or is it very with the show? Yeah, you know, yeah, because my, my, my son's 15 and my daughter's 9, and, you know, luckily uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I work on stuff that uh, hits both of those uh, demographics. Right. Like, Sure. You know, uh, the the high schoolers are are very big into, um, you know, into uh, Adventure Time on Cartoon Network. It's of kind course. of you know Adult Swim light. Yeah. You know, it's it's not quite Adult Swim, but it's right. really it's, uh, something that you wouldn't want a six year old uh, watching. Right. And uh, and my daughter is still very much in the the, the SpongeBob mold. And then you know I do a show uh, that Daniel Tosh produces for Comedy Central called Brickleberry. That's you know, much more of uh, scatological and for, you know, the 18 to 34 year old male, uh, demographic. So, yeah. and then I do preschool stuff. In fact, um, in fact, uh, Henry Huggle Monster is a show that, uh, premieres on Playhouse Disney on April 15th. Uh, I, sh- I guess I should say that based on, uh, right. I was going to ask you about that because you, uh, in, in our email exchange, you mentioned it. now what Playhouse Disney, is that like a specific Disney channel or, um, I believe it's within, it's within, um, it's on Disney channel. I, okay. I Block. I, I, oh, okay. I, within, okay, because I, I didn't quite recognize that, and and I was I'm gonna... out of that demographic now with my kids, but right. But yeah. I believe that it is a block of programming within, within the Disney Playhouse. Channel. Gotcha. Kind of like, Nick, yeah. I guess what Nick Jr. would be to right Nickelodeon, where Nick Jr. is Dora and all that stuff. And sure, a little younger audience and. Um, or PBS Kids or something, and and this is uh, yeah, Playhouse Disney is 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 for for their younger viewers. So uh, yeah, that premieres because uh, that's tax day, isn't it? April fifteenth. Right, absolutely. That's uh, that's Monday. It's coming up soon. Garnish, nothing says garnishy your wages like the like Henry Huggle Monster. Right. It's just but fun it's, to say Henry Huggle Monster. Really, I mean, if you say it a few times it is, fast, isn't it? yeah. It's, it's, yeah. In fact, uh, it's based on a series of books, and the show is is produced by uh, a writer and illustrator named Niam Sharkey who. Uh, Actually, it's the Children's Laureate of Ireland. Wow, uh, the children—you know—that's pretty the, illustrious. Yeah, Children's Laureate. The Children's Laureate. That's pretty. Uh, that is pretty illustrious. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's fun. So I, I get to be—I uh, get to be the big kind of Tony the Tiger sounding dad, dad <laughs> Huggle Monster, and and kind of the Sam Waterston uh, grandpa too. So it's oh uh, great. Yeah, so it's uh, it's fun. Different different kinds of voices, different kind of roles, and you know that's something that probably my kids are a little out of, you know, age-wise, a little, a little right. old for that one. But, but yeah, I, I, I tend to uh, work on a whole bunch of different stuff for different audiences. So there's still, yeah, yeah. Still on, whether or not my kids think I'm cool is very debatable, but they think some of the shows I'm on are. Right, but it sounds like your daughter is still squarely in uh, square pants, no if you will. Intended. Right. Yeah. So, because, I mean, it's funny, you know, uh, I have, uh, you know, a son that's exactly the same age, and, and, and at dinner last night my wife says, you know, Danny will be talking to Tom Kenny from SpongeBob tomorrow. 
and we could not get any response or even his attention because he was busy watching SpongeBob. So oh, I couldn't good. couldn't penetrate. Well, you know. uh, but uh, but later maybe he'll you know think oh that was kind of cool. I guess I should have looked up from my uh, from my SpongeBob episode. But, well, uh, I I always say if people are watching a cartoon or an animated product and thinking of the human being that's doing the voice then I consider that an abject failure on my right, part. Right, right. <laughs> you know? No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe maybe that's why it didn't grab him. It's like, what are you talking about? I'm watching SpongeBob here. And there's no guy. There's no Tom Kenny. Yeah, but I mean, like, but he has seen the movies and he has seen, you know, the where where you're actually, you know, in live action as well. So Yeah, uh, yeah, kids are kids are savvy to that yeah. stuff now, you know? I mean, they've watched so many of those DVD extras and things where you know, there's the split screen where the actor has the headphones on and then the sure. character's on the other side of the screen. So, you know, kids are very hip to that from a, a, a pretty, you know, a pretty early age. But, yeah. you know, I've, I've always felt that, you know, even though I was fascinated with voiceover as a kid, you know, you know Yogi Bear and Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Huckleberry Hound are, are, are uh, very real uh, personages <laughs> for sure well and that goes back to because uh, you mentioned this earlier and i just want to i don't want to go all the way past it but you mentioned earlier when we were talking about what kind of appealed to you when you were sort of a kid and, and sort of in the formative stages of your stand-up career as well and you mentioned mel blank and i, I think uh, i mean i think there's probably a few people said this but i think dana who we talked about earlier dana gould um uh who himself is to me one of the best comedians you know Oh, of the last fantastic. 25 yeah, years or so. We also, but, he and I also met when we were 21 years old. Right. Now. I mean, he's been doing it a long time and doing it so well. But he said, I think, about you, that you're the Mel Blanc of your generation, or some some quote to that effect, which I thought was incredibly high praise and incredibly oh, accurate, you know? I, I, I would call it uh, uh, not, not only high praise, but uh, 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 critically uh, over-effusive, over-praising. But... But but you know Mel Blanc is the guy. He's yeah. Kind of the, yeah. The gold standard and and you know between that Looney Tunes stuff and weird old Hanna Barbera stuff and uh, you know uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle sure stuff you know Bill Scott and, and oh my god you know, the, uh, you know voicing Bullwinkle and uh, you know June Foray who's still with us and yeah still amazing voicing yeah you know and just won her first Emmy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, Talk about overdue. Yikes. 95 yeah. years old. And yeah. I recently got to do um, uh, on a, on a, uh, a CGI uh, Bowinkle short that Sony's uh, making uh, now, I guess to show in movie theaters before their um, Peabody and Sherman live action movie, I think. But the, but they did a, a Bowinkle short where I got to do Bowinkle to June's Rocky, you know, June newly recorded. Oh, wow. Rocky, you know, I guess I guess that's one of the great things about voiceover is that it's one of the less uh, prone to ageism uh, uh, areas yeah. <laughs> of, of show business. Um, you know, there's very few, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm 50 years old, and, you know, if you're a 50-year-old writer on a sitcom or something, yeah. like, uh, there's, there's not a lot out there for you. <laughs> you well, know, and they, on camera, yeah. Guys on, yeah. On I Met Your Mother or, or The New Girl or whatever. They, they don't want you writing with, from your 50-year-old perspective, you know? Right. So if, they, if there's ageism, ageism in the writer's room, you can only imagine on camera how that works. So, yeah, like you say, the voiceover thing is... Less- Less so for guys than 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 for 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 women. Yeah, uh, you know, and uh, you know, we're we're both married to women, so we understand. Exactly. But uh, it, uh, you know, you feel a little bit uh, protected against that. You know, right. As long as SpongeBob can sound like SpongeBob, it doesn't. Right. Doesn't matter, matter. What, what the person doing is. You know, Bart yeah. Simpson is eternally uh, ten years old. You sure. Know, as long as Nancy Cartwright can sound like Bart, um, why we're good. We we're good. Else? Yeah. We're good. So so I do feel. Um, I, you know, in some weird way, I, I feel like I have, uh, you know, actually some teeny little shred of, of job security that right. that, that usually uh, eludes, uh, uh, you know, us carny workers uh, in their advancing years in yeah. the show in the show business, a uh, big top. Right, right. <laughs> so, Tom, I, I feel like I've already kept you longer than I than I promised, but there's questions and there's a couple other quick things. So, so let's you you alluded to this, but let's be sure that we mentioned everything we should about the the uh, the next SpongeBob movie that's on the horizon. What is there a timetable for that that we can talk about, or just that it's well, that it's uh, coming? Only like I said, I just I just met with the producer the other day. Okay, and uh, it's 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 on the it's on Paramount. 
out schedule for 2014. So, okay. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a uh, it's a uh, giddy giddy up go, man. Yeah. It's, cool. It's, cool. Uh, they're like, whoa, we got to make a movie by 2014. <laughs> right. No, that's an animation. That's 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 lickety split. So uh, yes, and, yeah. And you know, uh, uh, TV animation is always like kind of more punk rock DIY ghetto. You know, with these crazy deadlines and stuff. You don't have those seven year gestation period that Pixar uh, uh, has the luxury of. So right, it's, it's kind of something that we're used to on our show. Is is just uh, you know going at a very accelerated. Uh, sure, we kind of gotten it down by now. I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. So, well, Tom, let me uh, take one more email question. I'm sure I won't be able to squeeze in all the callers and emailers, but um, we'll, we'll but, do we'll do, an, uh, we'll do part two. Okay. Well, I'm, I'd be excited to. That's great. So this uh, this says Duncan ask Tom if he ever does any live appearance as SpongeBob or otherwise. My grandson and I would love to meet him. So, I mean, I don't know if it's practical to you to do. I mean, outside of L.A. area, do you? tour around or do any kind of dates uh, of well, any kind uh, you know uh, yeah th- that's a good question i mean you know once in a while i don't do this a lot but but you know once in a while you'll do you know uh, comic cons and things like that mm-hmm. you know, comic you know san diego comic con sure pop cultural thing and you know once in a while um other ones uh you know uh, as as schedule permits and and then one really fun thing that we we've, we've done some of is um you know because being being a you know a rock and roll and roots music yeah. fan, uh, one one of the fun things they let me do is write some of the some of the songs for the SpongeBob for day, sure, best, yeah, best day ever and don't be a jerk. It's Christmas and stuff like that. So, right. So we've you know we there've been a lot of occasions where we put together a band like a big you know twelve piece band and uh, we've played on the Nickelodeon uh, you know cruise ships and you know done concerts. Uh, Very cool. You know, at various, uh, very various places around LA, and I would love, I would love to take that on the road. Just yeah. to do the, you know, it's it's fun because you got like a ten, twelve piece band. It's all live. None of it is canned. Everybody's singing in character. Bill Fagerbachy, Patrick is out there, you know, singing, and and uh, you know, Doug Lawrence, Plankton is out there singing, and you've got a live band and the walk around. You know, theme park characters are out there dancing around, and it's it's, it's probably as close as I'll ever get to being in the Wiggles. Right. Well, yeah, because I mean, in preparation, I was trying to check everything online, otherwise to, to prepare to speak to you. And, and so I found, you know, various YouTube clips I was looking at. And one was, I think, kind of probably from this where uh, great looking staging and production, great band. You were dressed to the nines and, and singing in SpongeBob. And it's like, wow, there's kind of an interesting collision of various, uh, you know, um, production values and uh, artistic endeavors and whatever. And it was very cool. Well, again, it's it's fun. It's one of those things where we're like, wow, you know, these, you know, and I always tell kids, you know, just get interested in a whole bunch of stuff and 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 learn as much as you can about it. And at the very least, you'll know a lot about stuff that you like. And uh, you know what what you're talking about is kind of this collision of, you know, a lifelong interest in cartoons and animation and voice work and sure. comedy and rock and roll and yeah. collecting and. And songwriting and stand up and comedy and jumping around it's it's kind of right. like a big mashup of of all the stuff that I ever uh, uh, that, that ever blew my mind. Yeah, well, it was it was kind of thrilling to watch. So I thought, oh my god, this must be incredibly thrilling for Tom to to be doing all those things and having all those well, things going it, on it's simultaneously. Fun to see a bunch of six year olds rush the stage like like <laughs> a, like a mosh pit. It's like, it's like there a you mosh go. pit of six year olds. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's a, the safest <laughs> mosh pit you're probably going to run into, I would guess. But the, the... <laughs> well, safe because we're bigger. So right we will, there, you go. We will rule the mosh pit for sure. So Tom, uh, thank you very very much. Now. If I'm not mistaken, I don't believe there's a website for you, and there seems to be various Facebook pages, but I'm not sure how much you directly participate in them. So I'm just don't know if you there's. Know, a- I, I may be I may be the last actor in the world in 2013 who's trying to be in touch with less people. Right? No, no. I figured you know <laughs> there's so much of you elsewhere. I, I figured maybe you just said, look, I, I don't really want to well, have an online footprint I, right I, now. I you know, weird. I feel weird saying this, like almost almost like maybe I'm being stupid, but because uh, people are always going, when are you going to get on Twitter? When are you going to have a Facebook page? And I go, well. You know, one not right one now. Of the, well, one of the perks of this job was that you can kind of be under the radar. Yeah, and like suddenly yeah. having a Twitter persona and a Facebook persona and being uh, that would kind of ruin everything. <laughs> right. That's not why I'm doing this. You're you're missing that, the point. That, yeah. I'm scared. I'm scared of it. You know. Right. Not to mention Duncan, and you, you know, I'm sure you'll be familiar with this. Not to mention that there's you know, as an ex uh, comedian. The danger of me uh, uh, 
quipping something that uh, gets me in trouble. Oh, with, yeah. Uh, yeah. The various uh, powers that be. Right. That hey, get a load of what SpongeBob these. said on Twitter yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. You yeah, know, there's, yeah. there's that whole thing where I don't, I don't want to uh, poo where I eat. Uh, it's, it's, <laughs> I got you. So, I got you. All right. So. I don't, I don't, so my point is, yeah, for people who normally I would say, well, here's how you can find him online. Uh, I'm saying you can't find him online, but you can find him everywhere on TV. And, you know, again, SpongeBob and Adventure Time and uh, what, Annoying Orange and uh, geez. Annoying Orange, which I'm doing today. Yeah, that has kind of yeah. a, a, a Florida connection. For and sure. And uh, April 15th, uh, Henry Huggle Monster on, uh, play, on uh, Disney. On Disney, channel, yeah. On Disney. So awesome, Tom. Well, thank you so much, and thanks for all the extra time. I really did not mean to uh, hold you hostage like this. I feel, uh, like, I feel like we barely scratched the surface. Right. Well, I look forward to part two already. Let, let's do it. Keep those emails and keep those emails and calls coming in. <laughs> all right. Thanks again, Tom. Take care, man. Thanks a million, Duncan. Thank you. All right. Let's uh, step into the Talking Animals Comedy Corner. This is a very, very brief piece by Dana Gould, who's a podcast and comedy overall. Tom and I mentioned with a snippet called Los Angeles, California, on today's Comedy Corner. I'm talking in. I love Los Angeles. I love Los Angeles because it's a very liberal town. It is extremely hypocritical in what it chooses to be liberal about. Like, you can be driving through West Hollywood, see a guy in lipstick wearing a fur coat and high heels jacking off into a mailbox. People yelling at him, Hey, is that real fur? Of course not. All right. That was Dana Gould with a brief, brief piece called Los Angeles, California, taken from his album Fun House, which came out in 2006. Dana just shot a new special that will be available uh, on Netflix and on DVD. More information at Dana Gould, G O U L D dot com. So uh, I'm Duncan Strauss. Towards the end of the show, which we're fast approaching, uh, we'll play Name That Animal Tune. The winner will uh, win a pair of tickets to see The Whalers, April 25th at Janice Live. We'll do that in uh, just a moment or two here on Talking Animals. Right now, it's time for animal news and announcements. And um, you've uh, been paying attention to almost anything. You've been uh, hearing or reading about the whole so-called ag-gag thing. These are these laws on the underway to sort of block... Uh, video, undercover video footage of factory farming and other related operations. And um, just quickly want to say there was a huge front page piece on the New York Times, and then the Times ran an editorial uh, against that. Uh, Democracy Now! yesterday had a really great uh, amount of coverage of speaking to a, an undercover guy and how that would just chill all the uh, important changes that uh, they had. And um, so, um, and then, uh, yeah, so uh, check those all out online if you want to educate yourself more about why those ag-gag laws are a huge setback for anybody who cares about uh, animals and animal cruelty and some of the things that have been done in the wake of those uh, investigations. Let me quickly hit a few cu- upcoming events. April 13th, coming right up, Chosco Fiesta Pet Adoption Fair, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Orange Lake and Newport Ritchie, adoptable pets, pet vendors, food vendors, carnival boat parade at 1 p.m., Find out more at Chasco, C-H-A-S-C-O, Fiesta.com. Also coming up the 14th, April 14th, it's the 12th annual Run with the Big Dogs poker run for the Greyhounds. Greyhound Pets of America places over 200 Greyhounds into loving homes per year. And anytime we house 60 or more dogs in our kennels and 25 or more in foster homes, they provide veterinary care, food, medication. So uh, the proceeds of this event, I'll go to that. It'll be at Quaker Steak and Lube. Um, this Sunday, April 14th, you can find out more by going to runwiththebigdogstampabay.com. Runwiththebigdogstampabay.com. Also coming up uh, soon, uh, Arville Bird will be in concert in honor of Earth Day, which will benefit Defenders of Wildlife. That'll be Saturday, April 20th at 6 p.m. Arville Bird, the uh, great uh, North uh, Native American flautist, uh, violinist, Celtic fusion guy. Um, at Craftsman House Gallery in uh, St. Pete, 2955 Central Avenue, Arville, A-R-V-E-L, bird.com for more information on that. And, uh, boy, there's other things coming up. We'll get into those next week and beyond, but uh, we have kind of just about reached the end of uh, Talking Animals. I want to give you um, a chance, though, to, uh, to play Name That Animal Tune. So um, let's, uh, let's do that before we uh, run all the way out of time. Let's, uh, let's play Name That Animal Tune. Where the sh- um, 
where it's not a giveaway, you do not need to be a WMF member to win, and there will be a prize of a pair of tickets to see the Whalers. April 25th at Janice Live to the first person who calls in the correct title of this animal song to 813-239-9663. It's named that animal tune on Talking Animals, and really, how could I do much else? Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! I can't hear you! Aye, aye, Captain! Oh! <laughs> who lives in a pineapple under the sea? SpongeBob SquarePants! Absorbent and yellow and porous is he? SpongeBob SquarePants! If nautical nonsense be something you wish, All right, if we get calls on that, we'll take them offline because we have just about reached the end of t- uh, today's edition of Talking Animals. Uh, what the heck? Hi, you're on Talking Animals. Can you name that animal tune? The theme song for SpongeBob SquarePants. Correct, sir. What is your first name? Kurt. Kurt? Okay, hold on, Kurt. I'm going to come back and get your information and send you to see the Whalers April 25th at Janice Excellent, Live. Duncan. Thank you. Thanks, man. Okay, folks, we do have a winner. We're desperately out of time. So let me just tell you that uh, the website is TalkingAnimals.net. Uh, there's links to our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, and more. Talking Animals Broadcast Outreach Consultant and Jill Ball Trades is Libby Busalis. I'm Duncan Strauss. Thanks very much for listening. Have a good week. Be kind to animals. Be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. And uh, got to skip one of our cool uh, animal thongs that uh, Tom picked out. We didn't get to a few of them, actually. But anyways, and we're closing out today's show with one more of the Rootsy Animal Songs selected by Tom Kenny. This is Koi Hotshot Love with Wolf Call Boogie taking us up to the NPR News on WMNF Tampa, Brandon, Clearwater, Largo, Wikiwashi, and beyond. Thanks for listening. Speak with you again next Wednesday at 9 a.m. on Talking Animals. What you say, man? How's everything with you? What is the cat doing, man? If it's jumping much, let's go in low. Look at here. Woo! Well, yeah. Uh-huh. What's it all about, man? You doing all right, cat? Uh-huh. Do tell. Look down in that corner, man. Look down in that corner. Ain't that pretty? I'm a caller, man. I'm a caller. Woo! Come out. Woo! Lord, how much him? Lord, look at y'all. Look at y'all. Ain't that pretty? Look at Papa. Look at Look at Look at Look at Watch me, man. Look at what? Lord, how much? You ain't gonna watch. Woo!